Good afternoon, good evening, good metal. My name's Coop and welcome to the Spoken Metal Show. Continuing with the celebration of the 100th episode, um, I've grouped them all together for those that maybe haven't heard some of the other shows. I've grouped them all together to celebrate 100 shows. Um, I'm really grateful that we, we I got to that milestone and we got to that milestone. So I've decided to group a whole load of episodes together. This episode is one of the interview episodes. Um, and it's just before we get into this now, I'm just... How is everybody doing out there in 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 the world at the moment? How everybody's doing in in our music world and the, and the crew world and stuff? It's um, it's not easy, ladies and gentlemen. It's it's not easy. A large amount of this show and my life revolves around music and and live music and and what have you, and that that is simply you know a large portion of it's taken away. I I no longer have the ability to go to shows, work shows, and be involved in shows and do. A whole host of things that I would normally do, and um, and it, and it's tough. How are you all finding it out there? It's uh, I miss I miss the whole the whole thing. The whole, I miss you know what I miss when you a show gets announced at your local venue, and there's like you know there's a couple of bands on there you know, sure, and there's a couple of bands on there you don't. So you you go on Spotify and on their Facebook sites and whatever you find your, your your bands and you listen to a couple of songs and you think fucking hell they're amazing that song's amazing and you you know I you try and get time off and work and whatever job you do and you switch shifts with so and so so you can finish early you like you make sure you're off the next day and you 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 beg borrow and steal to kind of figure out how you're going to pay for tickets and getting there and back and you start putting your plans together and you throughout the days leading up to the show you start you know listening to the band's work and the band and stuff and you, you you're desperately into them and you know these are bands that only got eps out you're only in two or three songs and you you think about who you're going to see at the show and and you you kind of figure out who you're going to meet with and and you kind of get uh, involved with online you go okay let's meet up so and so before you know let's go to the, the pub before and let's have a couple of beers before then or you know let's go for a meal before or something like that and and then you get to the show and you 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 walk up and it's you know the, the excitement because you can hear music happening as well. Sometimes they'll be practicing and whatever and rehearsing and stuff and sound checking. And then you get to the door and there's always that person. You know, it's like it's fiver to get in or whatever, and you 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 pay your fiver and you you get your mark on your hand and it always ends up being a couple of days later to being some kind of even though you've been washing some kind of tattoo of of a, a souvenir of the whole whole show and you. And you Almost immediately, you'll see someone you know, and there's there's people you kind of you, you get talked to. You have to, oh yeah, cheer, you know, the members of other bands and what have you, and then you you get yourself a beer and whatever. You find yourself to the front of the the, the where your your, your place is the, in 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 the, in the the show at the back at the railings or whatever it is, and you know, the first one comes on. You ain't heard them before, and you're like, well, let's see how these guys get on, and they launch into something. You're like, fucking hell, that's amazing, and you. You get your head banging and stuff, and they warm the room up, and then another band comes on, and and so it goes until you see that one band where you start off going like, oh, "This is fucking amazing," you know, you start to sweat and, and what have you, and you you're banging your head and you're cheering along, and before long you've lost all sense of time and and and, and place, and you're just totally into what the that that artist is doing, and you kind of find yourself in the pit or whatever, you know, your fucking shirt off or whatever you fucking do, and you know, and then and then they, they finish up and they, they finish the set and you you're like that was fucking like a deeply religious experience and you 
you, 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 you find them afterwards and you're buying a T-shirt or a CD or whatever it may be, probably a T-shirt for me, and then you're talking to the band, fucking hell, that riff then, where's that from? And oh, when are you playing next? And there's that wonderful exchange of 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 kind of, uh, you know, you both be, being fans and you, you may even get drunk with them as well and, and hang out with them. And it's like the... And then you know the net the as you 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 you're frantically running for whatever way you're going to get home train bus whatever it may be and you, and you you're talking about the the things that you 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 that happened at the show and the people you met and you've made a whole bunch of new friends and you've you know you've started talking to people and already you're getting the friends requests and people are changing all the pictures on the social media to to pictures of them at the show like like another badge of honor look you know this is the these. These are these are great things that I'm I'm, I'm involved in and I've been seeing and you 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 immediately go on Spotify and what have you and find these bands and start fervently listening to them and that becomes this beautiful hangover that the next day whether you're unfortunate to be working or whatever you've still got the mark on your hand of them the the, 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 the whatever they give you to get in and your ears are still ringing because you stupidly didn't put ear defenders in of any kind and you. You're still thinking about those songs and those those songs are running around your head. Maybe you've got the option that you can have headphones on and work or whatever. And you you sit and listening to the to the music and and it's become and that'll last you till the next thing that happens. It'll tide you over. It's it's your you just one fix, as Ministry would say. And then there's the other side of it. The the, the other the the band kind of pack up and they go into another show. So they there's a huge load out into a, into a cold van, it's freezing, it's pissing down or whatever, and you've got to kind of find somewhere that's open to buy food, and you don't want to buy fast food junk, but it's the only place that's open, so you're, you're diligently trying to figure out vegetarian options are and what have you, and then it's back to a travel bodge, and you're trying to all get into the same room and, and trying to get at least some showers and stuff, and you're trying to feed off the social media and kind of hook up with the people that you've you've met up on there and kind of get them as friends and stuff and you know talk about the show and what have you and then you, you try and get some sleep you it's an early one because the next day you know if you if you're lucky enough to have a bus call but if you're not it's like getting out the hotel and getting into the van because you've got to drive up to scotland or whatever it is and to unpack and start the whole you know start the whole process again and and it's a it's a beautiful madness it's a beautiful madness, uh, you know. I, I really miss, and um, you know, that's me going off on a tangent just about how I feel about it. I, I know those times will return; they will return, whatever format they will take. Music and metal is eternal, as I've said on numerous occasions. It shouldn't stop you going and supporting those bands on their websites uh, and their social medias, liking, talking about them, and buying their merch. Every single band now has merch and stuff that you can buy from them and you should do that because that's what's going to pay their for, for them to create more music and then the venues i've talked long and hard about the the save our music values and each venue has a way to support them and and help them financially through this and that's what we must do because i wasn't joking when i said this was a religious experience these are points in your life that, that are incredibly important and help you get through tough times and tough situations and things that are having you're having difficulty with that's what these venues help and crew help attain and what bands help happen and without them the the, you know, the world would be an incredibly uh dull place and so i once again i'd say you must go and support these bands and you must go and support them in whatever way possible there's lots i could list all the hashtags and the things that you could follow 
but they are out there for all to see. You've just got to get it done. You know, now is the time to, as what I've been doing, is just completely engross yourself in new music that's out there. There's a ton of great stuff out there. Um, you know, I'm listening to a young band now, Tortured Demon, the young kids who are playing metal, and it's fantastic that they're starting out on their journey and 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 playing great metal. And so it is all out there for you to see, and it will all return. That's me being slightly, I don't know, is it? I'm morose now. I'm still being optimistic, and that's always what this show should be. And so this episode now is a nice surprise. I don't want to go into it too much because I do want to do the actual episode itself. But it's a nice surprise, a return of a feature that I did a long, long time ago with someone who used to be part of the show a long, long time ago. And I really hope you enjoy it because I had a lot of fun making this one. And this makes part of the 100th episode even more special. So please enjoy this episode. So ladies and gentlemen, this is a, this is a nice treat. The voice you will hear in a, in, a, in a short while will be a voice familiar to some who listened to the, when we I first started doing the Spoken Metal show. Um, the other voice will be also familiar to some people who listen to, to a certain band as well. But it's nice that I get dual guests on, which is exciting, because then we can uh, I can let them talk and do fuck all, which is a huge bonus for me. But first of all, let's let's welcome back uh, welcome back home, Mr. Tim Cunningham. Hey, hey, hey! How you doing? Oh, that <laughs> voice—that's what they all came for, you know. It's that molten chocolate voice. <laughs> <laughs> there he is. Tim was, for those that don't, maybe don't know, was the original. We co-hosted this show way back when, a uh, hundred shows ago, um, where we, we kind of used bounced off each other. It was really good chemistry. We and argued then, about Metallica a lot. We argued about Metallica for, the, for most episodes. But what happened then is that it became... It's, this was before Zoom and Skype was, was, was a thing I could use. I still arguably can't it was the thing we used we had to go and meet each other and, and do it in person if you will like you know and so that became really tough because tim is possibly the most busiest human being i ever i've ever met um, aside from having a you know a family which must take up an enormous amount of his time he's a guitar teacher plays in various musical projects um you know which we'll get into but that was the reason kind of we he kind of left what we were doing with the spoken metal because he just didn't have the time. And I'd rather he was making music than talking about it. That's the, that's the honest truth. Um, so one of the things that he went into doing was a band called Attic Theory. And this is where the next guest who's on the show comes in. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, please welcome Lewis Ryan. Hello. <laughs> what oh, band did yeah, you nice me on. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, I don't know, it's, it's always mad to start these things, but we're, um, we're, the band that, we're, we, we're, that you're both in now is a band called Attic Theory, and if don't, mm. if maybe some people haven't heard it, maybe some people have. The people that have will, will know just how much stuff they got done last year. You know, often we talk on these shows about how it was so much, it was so difficult, and rightly so, it was a very difficult year, and there was a lot of stuff that didn't get done. But I think you guys are probably a really good example of, of going, okay, well, it's shit and there's some bad things, but let's do a whole bunch of good stuff and let's kind of really just throw ourselves at, at whatever sort of creative uh, outlet you can. Is that fair? Do you know, is that kind of how you approach the year when it started to go south? Um, Tim, do you want to take this, buddy? Um, well, uh, yes, I do, because, you know, I like to talk, so that's fine. <laughs> um, <laughs> The, the whole point was we'd we'd done really well at the start of the year. We'd come up off the back of a European tour with Tantric, uh, American post-grunge band, really. Um, 
they, you know, trying to break into more into Europe because they're, they're, they're fairly sizable in the States, aren't they, Lou? Mm. Um, yeah. And it was their kind of like breakthrough European tour. We did the UK, we did all of Europe last December. And we came back and we hit the ground running. We played sold out shows with, with like Terrorvision. Um, and we were voted the Planet Rocks best new band. The Rocks 2020 best new band. And then COVID happened, didn't it, Lou? Yeah. Um, so yeah. we were running. We were running. We were sprinting already. And uh, like between Lou and I and, and the rest of the guys, we decided, well, we're not going to stop running. Mm. We're going to have to do something. We can't just let this opportunity um, slide. So you know, we didn't, we worked hard and it was very frustrating for Lewis. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm a slight control freak. So yeah, it was very frustrating for me. <laughs> Lewis, yeah. you, learned how to, you learned how to video edit, didn't you, Lou? I did. I knew a little bit, but not as much as, um, as I ended up learning how to do, because obviously we did loads of those, um, you know, live shows where they pasted them together. We were one of the first ones to properly do that. Um, mm. where it was actually live it wasn't you know pre-recorded and and like, we mimed it was literally to a metronome and we put them together uh, yeah, I yeah. discovered how much of a pain in the fucking ass that was to do <laughs> mm. <laughs> um, but yeah it kept me busy in lockdown um, but I, I think as Tim was saying I think you know we, we hit the we hit the ground running we're, we're the type of band that you know we don't really want to you know if there's an obstacle on our way you know don't let it bother you like you know pick yourself up and keep running mm. that's, that's our sort of ethos to be honest um, there's a, and that's yeah there's a this is there's something that i read the other day we don't stop when we're tired we stop when we're done yeah and we're not 100%. done we're not done yeah, that's so, ladies and gentlemen that's why that's why we get that's why we get to him on the show that was why as a co-host he can sum up beautiful things like that you know i mean the last time i saw you guys probably was the, the television show i think that was just before it all was he stopped us playing out, and and it was interesting then because that's all everybody was talking about. It was like, okay, this is great, and we and I think that, that was a pretty busy show. I was pretty uh, yeah. lively show that as well. Sold and, out that. Yeah, I I remember it being pretty pretty mm-hmm. huge, and and then there was this this kind of like, what do we do? No one knew, no one knew, and I, I did see like quite a few bands like just heads fall off, uh, you know, and I can understand that, but uh, it was interesting yeah. to see you guys just fucking. Like you say, just keep plowing through. Did it change from? Because momentum's a great thing. Like we, you talk about, like you know, you had all this momentum. You know, five star reviews and and really great, nice things being said to you by the press. And there was all this momentum. Did you think, okay, we'll go and write stuff, or was it? Do you think uh, we'll go and try and promote more, or was it sort of two uh, the two pronged attack of both? Uh, I'd was... say it was the two. What you... Yeah, sorry, Tim. Yeah, no. I... Was, we'd we'd already written our EP, hadn't we, Lou? And yeah. we'd like, you know, we'd recorded the lead single. Yeah. But then, like, it was like, okay, well, what do we do now? <laughs> mm. um, yeah. So it was between us. There's never a problem writing songs, is the Lou? No. We we have too much material. That that's our. We have too much all the time. Um, So it's picking and choosing the best ones. Um, The ones that Lou um, clicks with automatically, isn't it? 
yeah you know yeah. vocally if lou clicks vocally with something we run with that so we just picked the ones that we were running with we knew our parts we rehearse weekly if not more so as well as recording online stuff you know we you know legally and covidly securely went into the recording studio and recorded the ep yeah. um when we were allowed to because uh, yes yeah. when it when it changed when it relaxed a little bit um so you know we had the songs already written that wasn't there yeah. um we'd done pre-production i think yeah i think yeah. it's fair to say pre-production was done wasn't it lou yeah, yeah, that can definitely. sometimes that, that that can sometimes be, especially when when you're a young band, that can sometimes be uh, an issue where they uh, they write something and immediately go, okay, we must make this a song. This must become a thing. This must go on the album. It must be, it must be this. It must be that. When re in reality, uh, you know, the the best way to approach it is to write something so you can take it to its logical conclusion. And if it doesn't fit or it doesn't work, I'll put it to one side and we'll come back to that. You know, you always hear of, uh, you know, watching something about with Robert Plant, where he said he picked out a. And a, a song he's been working on for 20 years for the last album. And you're like, he's, it's just been sitting there. Because the whole point is you must keep writing and write a lot, you know, because you'll get rid of, as, as, the, as it's famously said, you'll get rid of all the bad songs, so to speak. And you'll only be the effort. And these ideas that are really strong will eventually kind of, they will find their way out. So you don't have to force them. And the ones that are, are unforced are normally the best songs. Uh, you're the ones that haven't got like where, where you've had to really labour with them. The ones that come out quite naturally tend to be the better songs. I don't know. I mean, that's totally. just my point of view. Totally. Yeah. That's what you said about your light, Lou. Yeah, exactly. It's 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 if they flow naturally, I think as well. And you, you shouldn't really be spending. This sounds really mad when I say it out loud, but you shouldn't be spending that much time writing a song because the song, it, if it naturally flows, it's got the mm. passion there. Anything like that. And, I don't think you should be spending like um, one of the things that we've done over the years is we cut out parts, haven't we, Tim? And for me, it's, brutally, shouldn't, brut yeah. we've been ruthless. Yeah, you know, you know what? I don't think. No offense to any guitarists out there, but no one wants to hear twelve bars of a, of a solo unless you're, you know, like that sort of band. Our songs are only three, four minutes long, so if, you, yeah. if you've got like a minute and a half of a solo, you know, people lose interest, unfortunately. Yeah. And, and that's just the way it is. That's happening more and more again. That mm. guitar solos, you got to be really careful. Uh, yeah, yeah well, it, it, it's a, it's a swinging scale, isn't it? It's like there was a time when there was no guitar solos, and you get like you know Metallica released an album with no guitar solos on, and and people losing their minds and going, "We must bring back the guitar solo." So then you get fucking loads of guitar solos. It's like no, no, no. The answer's somewhere in the middle. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like it's somewhere. It, solos have always served the song. You know, this is this is this, this isn't my opinion. Mm -hmm. It's just this. The the greatest solos are the ones that serve the songs. You know, you can still do technically interesting things within a, a, the confines of a song, guitar stylistically, from a point of view, without yeah. ruining the song. We lost Eddie Van Halen. He was the classic example of writing incredible yeah. pieces of, of guitar pieces and within songs that the song, think about, you know, think about Jump. Jump is, you know, a great song. Take away the solo. It's a great song. Yeah. It's made better by the solo and, and the solo works on its own. But both of them together just create this wonderful thing. It can be mm -hmm. done. Did, did, did it help then? I suppose both of you could answer this question. Did it help be, being in from several bands and, and going around and different writing situations and different writing setups, did it help 
to taken all that into this band now? Did you kind of go, okay, well, this is where it went wrong and the last sort of things that I tried to do. And did you take all that experience and bring it to this band? Because it sounds like the songs, especially on, 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 on Mind, they sound like they've been really sort of cut to the bone of what they need to be. And it's very little fat. It's, it's very much exactly what it needed to be. Yeah, so take this. You know. Funnily enough, um, there was this guy called Mark Cooper who said that to me about ooh, about twelve years ago, I think. Worst <laughs> advice ever. Worst. I mean, you know, <laughs> fucking awful advice. Um, uh, I think we've we've learned, haven't we, Lou? We've learned yeah, definitely what doesn't work and what works. Um, and it and it all comes down to Lou's idea of. Attic theory. The name isn't just a name, is it? No. It's an idea. It's an idea that Lewis explains better than I do, which he will do in a second. <laughs> but we 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 both, and that, that's not just us two, it's it's Peter, uh, the other mm. guitarist, Matt, our new guitarist. We've got three guitars now. Three guitars, yeah. Um <laughs> and the, the the drummer we've got now, uh another Matt, is one of the best percussionists I've ever met in my life. And Kenny, the bass player, who's the, the funkiest man alive, isn't he, Lou? He is, he is. Yeah, and as I said, loudest. The, yeah, he's the loudest, the funkiest, um, <laughs> sometimes the most obnoxious. Um, <laughs> sometimes, uh, always. Oh, all of these things. <laughs> it's what a true bass player should probably be. Um, uh, but... When, when we sit into a song, we're one. We're one, and that's what you've got to be, because if you're separate, I don't see the point. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and that's yeah. what I think all of our previous bands, everything we've ever done, there's been a degree of separation right. between the musicians. And, you know, and we, we have arguments. That, that, that's, you know, we disagree on things all the time. But the whole point is just, just trying to make it so it's the right choice rather than the choice that you want. Mm. And this is writing, this is gigs, this is rehearsing, whatever. It's maybe not the choice that you like the idea of, but is it the right choice for everything that we're trying to do in the end? So, like, yeah, I think there's a... We're not precious. If Lou doesn't like mm. a chorus that I've written, he'll say, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not jamming with that. It's not getting to me. I'll go, all right, fine. It's on my second solo album then. Um, <laughs> um, but like, you know, the, 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 you, you can't be precious about stuff. I think that's yeah. the best thing I've learned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You Fil cannot be Fil precious about what you write. Film directors, all the great film directors often side that they, they, they be prepared to cut the scene you like the most because it doesn't work. You know, but you you've so uh, so held on to that verse or that chorus or that end riff or mm -hmm. whatever it may be that it can destroy the whole point of the song. Everything, every all the musicians together as a team should be creating that wonderful one thing. Uh, and I think we've all seen it where it's like uh, you can see it in bands when one or two people don't give a fuck in the band or one or two people are just phoning it in. And and, it, and you'll get so far with that. You can get so far with that, but in order to create something that you're happy with, and that's just what we're really talking about here, something that you're happy that you produced, because now, because of the internet, these songs are going to live forever. You know, to, you're happy going back in 10 years' time and listening to them and going, okay, that, that's a, an accurate representation of, of what we were doing. I think, you know, Sides of an Active Mind is probably 
I, I can't see you being in, uh, anything other than absolutely made up with how that came out because from a production point of view alone, it's it's very special. Like it's very yeah, uh, it's it's very well done. You must be happy with it. You wouldn't yeah, like hundred... the words. No, yeah, that's the thing as well. And like Tim was saying, then it's um, the whole thing with regards to the title of the actual EP as well is all to do with um, you know us working as one as a hive mind. And that's why it's not the signs of an active mind. It's all about being this one gelling together, even including Loic, the producer. It's what we've created. And, you know, yeah. the idea of, of, of this, that's what the, uh, is why it's called what it is. But yeah, I'm made up with the production. It's, it's, he get, it, Loic gets my voice and it's very, um, it's very difficult to find a producer that understands um, thinking outside the box, to be honest, because some of yeah. the ideas we, we have, people look at you and, you know, will be like, I want to do this. And they're like, no, that's idiotic. But Lowy can try it. If it sounds shit, he'll, you know, we won't do it. But yeah, he, allow, yeah. he allows us to be ourselves as well, but also still gives us critique when we're recording. It, it, it's difficult when you when you're working with a producer that maybe doesn't know you or doesn't you know yeah. understand what you're trying to go for or whatever. And because sometimes when you say things like "I want to work outside the box" or "I wanted this," mm. it can be seen as to to the outside pr- pr- sort of. A view of it to be precious about it to be kind of you know yeah. a bit oh you're all you're not just sing it's like but in order to sometimes get some special stuff you have to push those envelopes you have to do those things you have to you know think about think about on, on uh, something in the way by nirvana how that's yeah. created is goes against everything you should do as a producer and if you came into a studio and said this is i want to do it on the couch lying down they'd be like and it's out of tune and out of time did, did laugh for you but we somehow allow it because this person like Kirk Cobain is a genius. He wasn't a genius yeah. when he was doing that to, to, to the outside world. Sometimes you have to have the, the, the clarity of vision to want to do that as well. Did you all yeah. have a, you must have been, it sounds like, without putting words in anybody's mouth, but it sounds like you had a very much a unified vision before you even went into the studio of what you wanted this to sound like. Is that fair? Tim, do you want to say Yeah, totally and utterly. We all knew our parts. That was literally, it's, to say something about the producer Loic at the Motor Museum, he's the first. He's the first producer I've ever worked with, and I've worked with a lot that I've never questioned. The trust, yeah. yeah. I've, I've, I, I said to Lou on the first day we were there, I was like, I don't understand. Something wrong with me. I'm not doubting him. I'm not going. Yeah. Mm, maybe you could do that a different way. Well, should you be doing it that way? Really? Do you not yeah. think we could do that a bit different? Everything he's done, I've been like, that's that's way better than I would have done it. Brilliant. I've, I've, I've so got to get Alan and all the crew at, at Motor Studios on yeah. the podcast because there's so many great records came out of there. You know, uh, Bring Me the Horizon stuff was 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 mixed there as well. It's like, yeah. it's a fabulous place. It's a fa- we've we've been there, me and you. So we've been to the studios and we've seen. Yeah people do a really bad job and phoning a production of stuff and, and kind of, okay, just record whatever. Now we're doing this now without any kind of, you know, thought process about what the whole thing should be, what the whole idea is, you know? Um, so yeah, I, I, I'll put links naturally on the podcast to, to, to Attic Theory and, and, and all this stuff, but it's widely available on streaming media. It's, it's all out there. Yeah, and I would suggest going and listen to it as well. And it, one of the things which I don't very rarely suggest is I'd actually suggest listening to it in order. I feel as though 
the flow of the album, which I often yeah. criticise as being something that's a problem with some artists, the flow of the albums is just about where I think it needs to be, that ebb and flow, like, you know. Um, I only got to see a couple of the songs live as well. I would like to see a few more of those live at, uh, at one of your own shows, which we will. Which we, It will we'll happen to. one day. <laughs> so maybe, maybe Listen, a that, year or two. That's, that that's all the serious shit out of the way. Yeah, that's that's it now. Let's 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 have what they call the real talk. So we've, there's also a side project, right? There's also a side project that like so uh Lou and and, and Tim are in a side a covers band uh called the Stone Temple Pirates. The Stone Temple Pirates. And as you could imagine, it is a cover band of Slayer. No, it's a cover band of the Stone Temple Pirates. And so and so one of the things we did way back when, way back when, ladies and gentlemen, was we did a uh, segment, me and Tim, called Fuck, Marry, Kill, where we would take an artist and we would take their entire back catalogue and we would say, which the album we would fuck? I, you know, we loved intensely, maybe other people didn't. The one you'd marry, which you could listen to for the rest of your life, and the one we would kill, which goes out saying we, we would put in the sea. Um, so it kind of made sense, kind of, to, to, to let, we should do a round of that. Now, here's the thing. I am out my fucking depth here because Lewis is fucking Scott from <laughs> Pirates. And, 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 and could, like, in a weird sort of combination, Tim is, is the DeLeo brothers. And it's like, I, I think I know a little bit about this. Yeah, I'm a fan. But I would say that, that Lou's probably going to have a couple of hills worth dying on his. I'm, I'm expecting, <laughs> I, I don't want to talk you too, up too much, Lou, but I'm expecting big things when we start arguing. You're in trouble, mate. You're in trouble. I tell you. <laughs> I've, so, I've, oh, I've been thinking. I, yeah. I don't want to choose what Lewis is choosing. So I'm like yes. going, I know which album he loves, but is he going to choose that as his marriage? Is this, is this, is this insane <laughs> musical <laughs> Russian roulette? Uh, because, like, on the, on the surface, okay, so let, let, let's get the facts in play. On the surface... There's eight studio albums, right? Eight studio albums, because we don't count EPs, we don't count live stuff, and we don't count all that type of thing. So there's eight albums. Now, the conventional wisdom, spoilers, ladies and gentlemen, is the, the you know, is the purple and, and core are going to be near the top of everybody's lists because they sold a lot and they were very... And that's fine, and, and, and I'll probably show my hand on a lot of these, and my lack of knowledge of the deep cuts. But... I, I, the one I think is going to draw the most interest and why we'll leave it to the last, I don't want to bury the lead but I'll leave it to the last, is The Kill the album that we're going to destroy from that you can never hear again ever, we're going to, we're going to do that today we're going to destroy a Stone Temple pirate. here's the thing Lou so doing, doing the stuff with the uh, the pirates mm. did, it, did it, it must have made you fall in love with, with the pilots the actual band themselves after really deep diving on the vocals and the lyrics and you must have uh, you were if you're a fan before when you started yeah. singing that shit, you must have that must have been you, that must have been falling yeah, man, I, entirely. I, the thing is, as well, this is one of the weirdest things that I'll ever say. You know, people have been in tribute bands, cover bands, and they play a song over and over and over again, and they get really, really sick of them. I am not sick of any of the songs still to this point. They're really, really uh, like they're ingeniously written and they're, they're just. I don't get bored of them. You find re-listening to them again, you find little things. There's like little Easter eggs every time you you re-listen mm. to every single song. And that they're, they're personally they're you know one of the best bands ever for me. And that's what? one of the reasons why I mean yes. Yeah. 
So, yeah. What, one of the things that we used to talk about on the show was not that I didn't like cover bands. I, mm. um, I didn't sometimes understand them if you could go and see the actual band themselves. Fortunately, the Stone Temple Pilots, or unfortunately in this case, because he's no longer with us, no one can ever see the Stone Temple Pilots again. So for me, cover bands now, you're off the chain, you can go, and and I think it's a wonderful thing now, because that's, I'm pretty damn sure that that's what Wayland would have wanted, is is people to be able to go and hear these songs and for them never to die. Um, So... Mm. Where do we start? I'll go first. I'm the host. I should okay. go first, even though I'm scared shitless with, with the veterans that you guys yeah, are. I'm I'm judging so, you right now already. I know, I know. I'm, look fuck? at me. Look at me. <laughs> I am judging you. It's a, it's a shame this is only an audio one because there's you can probably even feel yeah. the glare on, on the audio. Like I have my arms crossed. There's I've like got my. Uh, I'm dead in the water. So I can't win anyway. My, shaking, my song shaking that it is. That is fucked. That is like uh, it, it's going to be purple, and and it's it's too obvious. I know nineteen ninety four is purple, and for me, uh, the reason it's there, the reason it's is that not a lot of people liked it because of co- going from core to purple. Some people saw it as being too much, and and it was all it, they were moving away from something. I didn't see it that way, and for some, it doesn't contain too many big hitters. If you know what I mean, so like. It's still got Meat Plow, a, a, a Lounge Fly, and some stuff, and obviously the, the massive interstate love, sto- love song. And it's that's something that is a tempo for the whole thing. Mm. But for me, I can listen to that album front to back and thoroughly enjoy it. I really enjoy the playing on that, um, most of all. And, and so I know some people don't. I know some of the, the deeper cuts, like Big Empty, I don't think gets a lot talked about it. I don't, I think that that, uh, that whole album as a whole for me. I'm happy with the one to, to the pilots that apart from the, the one I've wanted to marry is my fuck. It's an easy one. Mm. It's low hanging fruit. I'm not going to mask it, but purple for me is my fuck. What about wow. you, Tim? Wow. Do you want to go first, Tim? Um, <laughs> oh, I'm getting to get I mean, here now. One thing I'd like to point out is Lou could probably go and grab the CD. I read something mm. today that I didn't know. Okay. Apparently, apparently it doesn't say purple anywhere on it. It, the symbol, the symbol yeah. represents mm-hmm. the purple. I believe there's not even the purple color on that. So what, what, this is a band. This is a band who have three self-titled albums. Yes, there's three self-titled albums by the Stern Temple Pilots. I don't think any Do you other band's called, done. Why go up? Do you know why it's called purple? Why? Because it's Wayland's favorite color. Why it's quite obvious because oh, he did wear oh, a lot of purple. They did. I, I believe in. I believe in the UK <laughs> and in Europe. They released. They released purple vinyl at some point. I believe they did release purple yeah, vinyl. Did. Same colour, yeah. which is probably the closest you're going to get. The temptation to to make the whole album the colour purple must have been enormous. Mm. I just leave it and have nothing else like the white album or the black album or or whatever. It, the temptation would must have been enormous uh, to do that. Like and like you say. You know, this is like second album in for in for them, and there's no mention of the word Stone Temple Pilots anywhere or the name of the album. The record company must have been like, "What the fuck are you doing? Yeah. What are they doing?" And they would have had to get like what Interstate is like what four songs in on it. They would have had to yeah. listen to four. If you only got to the big, whether you got okay, that's the hit. At least we can get hold of that. They must have lost their minds. But you know, and that was recorded the uh, the uh, the record plant as well. So it was a noticeable scaling up of everything, and it was. It's Bre- uh, Brendan, o- Brendan O'Brien did the first four, didn't he? Did he do the first yeah. four? 
And and yeah. and if, if ever the term, you know, fifth member or whatever the extra member of the band is, that is that album absolutely personifies that of him allowing them just enough room to experiment to also not rein them in but keep them on the road that they wanted to go. That was that's why I choose it as fuck. What you Tim, what's your fuck? Yeah. Right. Okay, many reasons and they, they play through to to the to the kill. Um but my um Fudge, because little ears might hear this in another room. Oh, well, are we being censored? Okay, I'll censor myself. So I'm, I'm censoring myself. No, you don't need to. That's why I've got headphones oh, on. Oh, you can. Oh, yeah. So yeah, you, yeah. you guys can be potty, potty mouth. Oh, fucking sound, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> say whatever you want. So the, um, the, the fudge, yeah. My fudge would be um, core. Okay. Because. I, I, yeah, because. I, I'm down with that choice as well. Okay. Because, right, A. I saw them on that tour. I was 16. Met them in the crazy house in Liverpool. The, this the is like 1992 or something? 1992? 91 Three? or 92. Is 92? Okay. Yeah, what do you mean? 92, yeah. yeah. Um, it came out in September. September 92, I think it came out, didn't it? Yeah. So, yeah, it, so was, it was it was then, basically. Yeah, they played Reading 93. Yeah, Reading 93, yeah. So... I saw them on that tour, met them because they just hung around like we would touring in Europe. Now we hung around with all the people afterwards and it's exactly what they did. Then Wayland with an enormous lift coming out of the toilets with purple hair and a huge fur coat. Um, Yeah. I remember the fair He's never changed. He's never changed. He never changed. He was just this, the fact that he was a chameleon was his never changing because he could be anything, yeah. anything. Yeah. Um, but the songs in that album, they were lambasted over that album as well. They got lots of yeah, negativity it, that they the, did the, not the, the deserve. Press, the press didn't like them, but the uh, the mainstream uh, sort of press did. Didn't they? they were almost seen as like mm-hmm. a, an afterthought, a grunge, weren't they? They were like, like people talk yeah. about the four horsemen of, of metal and stuff and the, man, and the big four. They kind of were just on the outside of the big three or four of, of grunge, weren't they? And mm-hmm. it was seen as almost like an afterthought. Yeah. It's unbelievable now when we can see it in, in retrospect. Yeah. So for one sheer night of pleasure that I had at that show, <laughs> it was that it was that whole album. And they played Where the yeah, River Goes. They played the whole album. They I think wow. they played Vaseline as well, because that was already written. That was there. Wow. That I already, love hearing that know, when they try songs out before they get make on records. I love hearing you know, that. I, I I mean I I think because you know I was 16 and I was probably very intoxicated. Um yeah, yeah you know, um uh, in whatever way I was. But yeah, core because there isn't a bad song on it. Mm. There isn't. Because there Lou and I there, there, Lou and I have played we, every one of those songs together. No, I think, no I, we've I missed out one or two, but that, that no. it's it's a it's a recognised classic. There's no there's no debate in that. There's absolutely no debate yeah. in that. Like and 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 I think that the moniker of it being a grunge album is not unfair, but not total. I believe there's more going on. That it's like saying the Smashing Pumpkins are grunge. It, there's elements, sure, but not really because there's more. There's a more artistic bent going through that. Like it's exactly okay. what they are. So, they're art rock. There you are. So, like, so Tim's having it his, as his fuck is core, uh, mainly because of a one night stand he had with them. Uh, <laughs> exactly. I mean, that's yeah. a beautiful thing. 
So, Lewis, come on. If I could have a drum, uh, I haven't got drums here, but if I could, I would do a drum roll. What is your fuck? The album that uh, you, you love, but you maybe some people don't, but you 100% are in love with it. See, I'm torn between two, but I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go okay. with Shangri La Di Da. Okay. Yeah, so I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna go with oh, that because for for me okay. it was um, his voice pers- personally his voice on Tiny Music completely changed. A lot of fans didn't like it, but I did. It was also you know uh, due to you know his drug taking it obviously damaged it as well. But then when yeah. he um, num- number four was great, but then I believe. That Shangri La Dida was was them, you know. Finally mm. finding for me, it's the next one that sounds like Purple. It's the one that's got the same vibe of Purple. It's got the same energy. It's got um, you know, and it's got songs like Wonderful on one of the most you know perfect songs ever written. Um, it's got um, you know Dumb Love Co- as well. Coma Coma is one of one of Smashing Pumpkins. Uh, one of the Stone Temple Pilots' best songs. And yeah. you know, it's a, that was originally. I believe the plan was to do a double album for for mm. for Shangri La Di Da. So they had that's sometimes a good thing and sometimes a bad thing. Sometimes they can have mm. so much work, so much stuff to choose from that it becomes this. A lot of things level that Shangri La Di Da was that it's a bit, yeah. it's all over the place. I don't think so. I, I, I no, it's not. It, it doesn't. It doesn't make it my top three. It, it doesn't. But I can still listen to. I think the the first half of the album grabs me. It's it feels like it tails off, but. You know, you can't. That, you know, days of the week. That's that's pretty much in there. Set fairly regularly. Comas yeah. in there regularly. Dumb loves in there pretty regularly, right? Too, so, you know, too lot, cool, Queenie. We, no one said too cool, Queenie yet. And that's an two and a half minutes long. That's a minutes, that's a yeah. story though, and we know exactly yeah. who that's about, and about the woman who got him onto hard drugs. You know, yeah. if you listen to those lyrics, one of eight, he's arguably one of the greatest lyricists of the nineties and onwards that, that Wayland told a story with every song and there were hidden yeah, meanings it, and it wasn't I mean, just, it wasn't just like, uh, you know, Oh, I'm feeling sad. Oh, it's the world's yeah. terrible. Oh, and basically like the nineties, I just described the nineties. <laughs> basically most of the bands I've been in before. That's, Arctic that's, Theory that's, as well. that's maybe, that's maybe the thing I like and I don't like about it, if it's a straight line here, is that, like, it takes me back to that time. It really does. It's a very, mm. it's a time capsule that album is, you know, mm. uh, much like Melancholy is for the Smashing Pumpkins. It takes yeah. me back to that time. Some kind of times that dates a little bit for me. I, I, I can mm. see all the music around it as well. But, yeah, listen, you know, Shangri-La Di Da, I mean, amongst the fans, that's got, that's got a high, you know, a lot of fans really like that. Um, I, I like to say, I think, yeah, I think it's a brave choice. I, I can, I could argue still for, for, yeah, but it's like I say, it doesn't make it my top four, five, but it's it's on there. And when there's only eight to choose from, that's not very much. Okay, so let's move on. Now we'll go to the Mary. Mary's way more serious, um, way more serious. Um, it's for life. You, you 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 don't listen to any other album after it. It is everything. Um, I went first on the last one, so Tim can go on this one. The album you what? marry Tim. <laughs> well, it's gonna get only fair. That's Lewis fair. has to go with the kill. Lewis gets the kill yeah. first. That's yeah. going to be the hardest one of all. So you, the one you marry is. Oh, um, is it purple? Is it purple? Um, you're old. You're, you're old romantic. It's got to be purple. It's right. It's between two, and I'm actually going to okay. name them because okay. obviously it's not going to be my kill. Um, okay. So 
it, 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 it's it's purple or tiny music. Okay. Because tiny music's a piece of a work of art, but purple has better songs. I think the, mm. the co- every album's a concept album by the Stone Temple Pilots. Every there's album, some, there's some concept. I mean, every album's <laughs> a concept. Um, you can't get a, you can't get away from with tiny music. Um, you know, ninety six is tiny tiny music. Uh, you can't get away from the fact that um, Scott's unfortunately fully in the throes of heroin and cocaine yeah. addiction. Uh, you can't get away from that. It, that album is imbued with that. I think because of that. Uh, it's a little, it's even more scatological than Shangri-La-Dee-Da, in my opinion. Mm. Um, it's not well liked by the fans, I would say, but at this time, but what, he, was, he was also in the other band, um, what are they called? The Magnificent Bastards or something? What yeah. were they called? Yeah, yeah that was so it, I, Magnificent Bastards. I, okay, so I, I think that, you know, I think that at the time he was searching and kind of just throwing everything out there, and that's great. But I think that it should have stayed off the album a little bit. I think it's maybe, it's still, it, it, did they produce that themselves or is that Brendan? That was Brendan as well. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think it, it got, I think it got away from him on that one. I think, you know, you still got Big Bang Baby, which is a great song. Uh, you know, I'm trying to, I'm struggling through to tumble through the rough. Um, that's <sighs> right. Right. Tripping on a hole in a paper heart. Right. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's it. Yeah. It's the best bass line he ever wrote. For a start, and this is coming from, it's it's, it's I've got my my musician's head on there. Okay. That uh, tripping on the hole in the paper heart live, it destroyed. It, it I, just, I, uh, I, I, I I I you are, I am absolutely completely in agreement. But what we're talking about is you can't have that live. Yeah, I, that justifies it as a song, totally. But I I, I hear why you maybe you're going to go with purple over tiny music. I, I agree with you saying it's it, it's uh, you can't dig too many of the songs on there than you can for Purple. It's still a very wonderful album and it's very intricate yeah. and very interesting, but it's not something you put on when you want to hear no. the Stone Temple Pilots. No. It, it surely it isn't. So I said so tiny it... music first because it's not tiny music. It is okay. Purple. Um, and it I can't get away right. from it. And I'm pretty sure that that's going to be Lewis's, which is really upsetting me. But like, <laughs> um, there's certain lyrics on purple as well that mean a lot to me and my wife. So therefore it's, I, I, I can't escape. Yeah. It's yeah. It's, it's, a, it, that's an example yeah. of when it's, when it's a wonderful time capsule, yeah. you know, when it's, a, when it's, a, when it's a nice memory to a beautiful time, like you, that's, that's what music should be. If I remember rightly at your wedding, Tim, and I still have one of them somewhere around here, in yeah. the jars that had the candles in, they had lyrics in. Yeah. So what what have they done, ladies and gentlemen? Is in a very beautiful gesture. They put like these like sort of long sort of slip things with a, with various song lyrics of them that obviously mm. you know, meant, meant very very much to them. And I remember seeing Stone Temple Pilots ones on there. So you know, you, yeah. ju- just for the old romantic in me, that, that that's that's a beautiful thing. So is it Lou? Is it purple for you? Is is that the yeah, album you marry? It is going to have to be purple. Mine for a little bit of different reasons. Um, okay. Obviously, the, the 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 beautiful songs like "Still Remains" is one of the best songs ever written. Uh, the lyrics are just fantastic. But for me, it's it it was the changing grunge. You know, there's certain bands out there, and I'll even include like the likes of like Candlebox and Blind Melon mm. that stop being stop grunge being miserable. They were classed as grunge bands, but it was you know more of a, like a 
post-grunge era. Mm. And that's what mm. I think um, Purple is for me. It was getting away from being a miserable bastard and literally going, you know, making, you know, beautiful music with still the same angst and energy, but just, you know, stop crying about, you know, your mum didn't give you your pocket money, that sort of thing, you know, like Eddie Vedder did a lot of the time. But it was, it's that sort of thing. It was, for me, it was, it was, it, it was, it was the general evolution of grunge. That's what I thought it was. That's what I believe yeah. it was. And that's why I, I it means think, so to me. Yeah, that, that yeah. makes a whole heap of load of sense. That I think one of the problems with, with any genre, particularly grunge seems to fall in this category, is we only remember the people that kick the door through and start that yeah. off. So the Pearl Jams, the Nirvanas, the Soundgods, and that's fine. These are great bands. But we don't remember the, all the, 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 the heavy lifting that went before it. Bands like Mud Honey and yeah. the Dwarves and bands like that, and then bands that go after, like you say, Blind Melon is a perfect example yeah. of what you're talking about, where you can have that Seattle sound if you want to, but it can be beautiful, and it can be open, uh, you know, Blind Melon, you know, you think about No Rain, how just how positive that song is, <laughs> exactly. and quite a depressing subject, in, you know, about alienation and stuff like that, but it's, it's spun beautifully <laughs> positive, you know, and and I think that that sometimes gets a little lost. Yeah. Like, you know, I, I hate it when, when, when they describe any sort of thing as the Seattle sound or the whatever sound. Because yeah, yeah. already you, you put no. up a whole load of walls that you don't put. And the pilots are a really good example of that. I kind of, did they ever get past it in, in the public side? Probably not. But they certainly wasn't through a lack of trying. And I think Purple is one of those examples of them really going to the edges of what everybody else thought could be done within that sound. Um, okay, let's. Let's fuck. That's us being nice about them. <laughs> let's fucking <laughs> let's go. This is the album that you want struck off the face of the planet. No one can ever hear it again. It never gets heard again. It's it's easily the worst thing they've done, that it, and it has no redeeming qualities. Now, going back through the back catalogue, I was surprised at how much I really liked the pilots. I forgot some of the playing on some of the albums is absolutely tremendous, and mm -hmm. vocally, yeah. um, Scott, some of Scott's stuff is very very brave, like. I was very surprised, very experimental. I didn't think I thought they were a little bit more straight up than I remembered, which is fantastic. So there's eight to choose from. We know that uh, Purple, uh, Core, uh, and um, Shangladida are all off the table. We know they're off the table. So Lewis, mm -hmm. fan, and 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 Scott, it, to all little bit of sense and purposes, super super fan. <laughs> super, yeah, who, not a fan. Who, He's a super fan. Who gets, which album gets which album gets thrown in the sea? Um, I hate to say it, but I'd say the self-titled, uh, the one with the, the peace sign on the front of it, uh, for yeah. me, um, it's, it's the like, hands, it's a caricature. Like, like, like yeah, hands. yeah, 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 it's, it's, yeah. Me, it's like a piece of, yeah, it's kind of, yeah, it's for me, it's, it, it's kind of like they're doing like a caricature of themselves. So it's like with Shangri-La Dada, they found themselves. It's got slight Zeppelin feel. It's got slight Beatles, you know, influences, mm -hmm. it's got this feel. And then they just end up just doing a parody of of that. Mm. And that's what it felt like to me. There isn't any strong songs. The playing's good. But the, I think there's Hickory Deconomy is probably the best song of the whole Hickory thing. Hickory Deconomy, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They released, um, they released Between the Lines, which is one of their worst songs. That's one of the worst songs on that album. And they released it as the lead single. And it was the first song. I think yeah, I've used this before to Coop. I think it was a record company album. Yeah. Well, that's an interesting take. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you, they didn't want to do that. I don't think whenever, do whenever an artist springs out a self titled album, it's normally them going, This is the album that will rep this, this is the line in the sand 
everything we've learned is leading to this album. This is the definitive yeah. example of us. What what appears to have happened there is that 2010 is that? Um, I think so. Yeah. I think so. Yeah, what what, think what so. seems to have happened there is that they've it, it, they've got we're going to try and reinvent ourselves as well as establishing ourselves. And I don't necessarily think you can do that without without depth skill. I mean. I'm struggling to find a song I like on it. Take a load off, so okay. Uh, yeah, it's okay. okay. That's the thing. It's isn't it? the whole thing's yeah, okay. Yeah. I mean, did they? Who produced that then as well? Is that self-produced? That's gonna. It's got to be self-produced. Nah. no one seems to control no, that. I don't think it is. I don't think. It, I'm right. sure that was Brendan O'Brien. Um, I'm sure okay. that was someone like that. I can a big find, producer. That I can find out quite easily. Yeah. Um, because, yeah, Brendan O'Brien. Oh no, no, wow. not it was the first album to not feature Brendan uh, O'Brien. Well, that, oh, that, that explains so a go. hell of a lot, doesn't it? You know, um, who, was, so, who was it? I'm I'm was looking through now. Uh yeah, it was the DeLeo brothers produced it oh, themselves. It's just not gonna I, I don't think I not that they can't produce music. I, I just think that producing your own music, you've you've that's that's a big struggle like that. Someone like Bowie doesn't mm. even produces his own music he's no. involved in it but he, you know because it, it just stops that like ability to step back we talked yeah. about with attic theory about working with a great producer and how that yeah. how important it was to, to to develop you and push you and 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 kind of challenge what you were doing in a very positive way without that this album feels like the gloves are off and especially when it's self-titled where you you really are yeah. putting your balls out there it, 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 you're setting yourself up for a fail i mean you know when did they do the second uh, self-titled ones? That like twenty eighteen. Twenty eighteen. When, when Jeff. So yeah, uh, it's difficult to say that that isn't a, a, a not as good an album as well. And that's two albums where they. I think it's way better. I think it's way better than the first self-titled album. I think there's more. I, I can name more songs off that that I can. So that's 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 always a good sign. Mm. I mean, knives. Were I can sing along. Jeff's I can sing yeah. along to pr pretty much every song on the, on the Jeff Guter first album. I can't yeah. sing along to. I can sing along to one song, on the album that Lou has made. Nah, there are two, maybe yeah. maybe three at a push, but mm. it doesn't really grab you. You think and maybe I think then, it's, um, it's 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 a it's a record company album for me. They've done and it. That's probably to honor. You know, yeah, like like you know contractually obliged to type of yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, which is Makes never going to produce. It's never going to produce any work. I mean, how far are we off them from them sacking? Um, Scott, then when's that happened? 2013? Well, that like was that. pretty, yeah, it was pretty close because they did a tour, didn't they? And then, um, yeah. they got rid of Scott because he was and he then, was focusing on like his solo career, it was, yeah. Was. And then they brought they brought yeah. Chester in to do some shows, right? Um, yeah. and yeah. then they did that EP, uh, which is which, which isn't which bad, is, honorable, it's got mention. some good moments, it's yeah, not bad at all. Isn't it, or something like that's called, yeah, it's, it's yeah. not bad yeah. at all, it's not bad, and so. Clearly, the the right was on the wall at this point with that album. I think. I think it was. Yeah, maybe Baby Bet made by committee to a certain extent, um, and that's a shame. And that's a shame because what's interesting about that album, though, when you do go back and listen, to it, is the playing is very good. The play, do you know, it, the Deleo brothers, you you can see a really nice trajectory of their playing just gets better to start. Their, their experimentation and, mm -hmm. and their actual musicianship is getting better. It just seems to be that 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 spark of inventiveness seems to get lost somewhere around the 2010, 2008 period. It just seems to kind of just fall a little flat, you know? Um, I think they've I dealt think with their can... own demons, though. Mm. 
that that yeah that, um is it robert has had certain problems hmm. um hmm. it wasn't just scott who liked no no not at all things. no not at all yeah, I, yeah i think um i've always felt sorry for eric kretz because he seems like the nicest guy in the band the it just seems the balance, doesn't he? But then let's all, you know, let's let, let let's say it like it is. You know, in terms of lineups, though, up until uh, Scott leaves and and Chester comes in and then Jeff comes in, it's the same lineup right all the way through. Yeah, I think that's it's that's, still that, 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 it's still the same except band. for the singer. Yeah, because so, I mean, I genuinely think they band. if it's Scott hadn't what he, if he hadn't died, I do think yeah. in the end. They would have ended up back together because they always. Died. I do as well. Yeah. They always I did. Think what, it was just like you know. I, I don't want to put words in anybody's mouth. Certainly, the fans of Stone Temple Pilots, but I think at, at that stage, when I heard, especially you know uh, when he when he became really really sort of sick, and then eventually, obviously, you know, he passes away. That I was hoping for that moment of redemption. I was hoping for him to come out, going, you know what, I've got myself clean. Look, look, look what I, I'm going to. There's my soul, and you were going to get that album where he returns. Mm. I, I think we were all waiting for that. And I think when it, when it, when he passed away and I, you know, it was, it, it was out the blue. You knew we had demons, but it was still pretty shocking. Certainly because we were around that time when, yeah, I think it was, was mis- people that it was a mistake. Passing. I think it was a mistake yeah. though. I don't, oh, he God, didn't yeah. mean to. I, I don't no, think, yeah, I, don't, I think, and I think I'm not a super fan like maybe Lewis is, but I think I honestly expected it to be this, Mm. Phoenix rising moments we're coming back to them and just doing this album and it just feels unfinished that he never got to do that like you know where he he came back clean mm. and and just went at it because one of the interesting things that happens when someone mm. does have problems with drugs and alcohol and things mm. like that is that a voice gets affected I would mm. argue his voice stayed pretty consistent through mm. most of what it did uh, you artistically yeah. did some of the albums up and down but from a performance point of view he was mm. always you know at what we'd like to refer to as a cracking set of pipes what's your take mm. lewis on, on that like in the final years of him see that's the thing i think uh, you know you're saying about the albums that he he did where he yeah. you know um you know came back phoenix in the frame i personally think he already did them i think he did them with velvet right. revolver um i think he did them oh, with okay yeah, yeah, I think he did them Velvet Revolver because if you watch documentaries on him, he, him and Duff were quite close and they used to do meditation and sparring to keep mm. him off the drugs and he was clean. So yeah. I think it was his clean album personally was sort of contraband slash libertad. So I, I think, think so. that's what it was. So that, that's I, I, where he mm-hmm. had, yeah, that was his redemption. And then I think after that, it kind of just went downhill from then in his mm. in his sobriety i think that's what's yeah. happened because L- yeah, who knows how hard it is to sing like some of the velvet revolver stuff yeah it's because actually lewis and i were also velvet revolver uk as well um for a short of a time um that uh so um what's it the ballad it's completely gone out of my head um uh, falling to pieces fall, fall to pieces oh, fall to pieces, pieces that's not easy to sing at all. No, not at all. That was and like that's pretty epic song. Like, yeah, yeah. His I, vocals I, on those albums of Glue's right. They're, they're amazing. I'm. Uh, I, I I read Rob Halford's autobiography a couple of days ago. Confess, and there's a bit that where he talks about how he, whatever reasons and whatever happened, he let he leaves Judas Priest to kind of get sober and get his life in order and stuff like that and do. And what he was mm-hmm. doing whilst he wasn't in Judas Priest is he was doing a lot of solo projects and his own stuff. 
to kind of prove to the guys in Judas Priest that he still had it, still could do it. And then when they brought him back, it yeah. was because of what he did in, 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 in Halford and, and that type of thing. And I think that maybe there's a case of that with 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 uh, with Scott, where he was like, go, look, look at all the stuff I can do. I can still sing. Look at this, what I can do. I think, yeah, there was probably an enormous amount of, of um, redemption in, in, in something like Fall to Pieces. There totally is. You cannot deny that. And it's probably the best stuff he's done uh, with Velvet Revolver. But they've always felt like me that there might have been another Stone Temple Pilots couple of albums yeah. in them with that back. I would like to have heard that. To share I think there would have been another Velvet Revolver album as well. I think I'd it would have that. happened. I think it would have happened. I think Slash has um, even talked about that. Yeah, I think there's been... Yeah, do, 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 Slash, Slash couldn't like... replace him, could he? Because they wanted to re- replace him, didn't who they? Are you repla- who, who are you replacing him with, eh? It, he, he is one of those guys, you're not going to get a facsimile of him. doesn't exist. So someone's going to be doing a really poor interpretation of him because it was so erratic. Mm. His, his vocal style is so... It, it's not straight up. You know, It's not like, okay, well, you, you, can, you can learn to sing it this way and sing it right. It, it's almost broken his vocal style mm. i don't know i mean i'm not a vocalist so i'm not in any way shape or form you know in any kind of position to say that but it feels like well, it right was a, a, right. a, a mm-hmm. fragility to what he was singing which i love hearing in vocals I like i like to hear voices ever so slightly break or be pushed to its ex- mm. extent and you know you clearly like you know you think about it is his love for the beatles and early 60s mm. stuff and this is all one take vocals you know lennon mm. recording and, you know, can't buy me love and screaming his voice out. You can hear it on the record. And that was what I think he brought um, to yeah. it. I mean, yeah. But still, it's going and see. Uh, you can hear the torture. <laughs> you can hear the torture in his voice. You could. And that's a good thing. You could. Yeah. And, and here's, the, here's, the, here's the thing we maybe, you know, the elephants in the room. Would we have got that Wayland if he hadn't have had the demons that he had? No. <laughs> no. And it's tough. It's a really, what a horrible thing to, to imagine, but it's, but it's possible. Okay, so it's me now with the uh, the album getting to see. It's so it would be so easy for me to to say uh, is it pronounced Padilla, the newest album. Yeah, it'd be so easy yeah. for me to say that, and that's why I'm going to say that because it's just <laughs> fucking awful. It's <laughs> right. Here's the problem. Here's the problem. I'm not coming at it from. I'm not coming at it from the Jeff point of view. Our new vocalist in, he's not Scott Whalen. Fuck that guy. Because it can be done. I've not got a problem with vocals, vocalists coming and going. But I've got no problem with that. Mm. I've got no problem with bands experimenting as well and going, okay, let's experiment. Let's do what we can. But this isn't the first album with Jeff. This is the second album with Jeff. The first album, mm-hmm. if he hadn't experimented with that, I would have let this one pass. But this is almost an acoustic folk album and and it doesn't it just doesn't hold together D- don't get me wrong there's some some beautiful stuff on there there's some beautiful playing on there there really is from a playing yeah. point of view it should be good but there's just where's that spark there's no energy to that album at all it just doesn't jump off the off the vinyl it doesn't it doesn't ring a, at all for me and I, I, it feels like an in-between album it feels like it should have been an EP and then it's then you should have done a proper album. Uh, if anything, they should have tried to, you know, double down on what they knew, and then let Jeff bring himself to that, rather than let Jeff bring himself to the band and still experiment. That's just yeah. you know what no one's no one's doing anything on safe ground there. And I'm not saying you should be no. safe, but there should be an element <sighs> no. of foundation that you should exist. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I've what, got a pro- it's right, right. You've really annoyed me. You've peed me off. 
because it took me fucking like uh, an hour. This was my this was my choice as well. All right. Okay. (laughs) And but I've got definitive reasons about this as well. Okay. Is that oh, I, I, is my is my definition not clear? <laughs> no, it is. But I've I've got more definitive. Sorry, I've got more definitive reasons. Yeah, you've got this. more intelligence, intelligence than, than, than that. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> the first album with Jeff, which is self-titled, is yeah. uh, as my young guitar students would say, I think a banger. There's okay. there's <laughs> at least there's, there's at least five or six, you know, tracks on that which are absolutely mm. phenomenal. There's a track on it that makes me nearly want to cry because it's clearly about losing Scott and Chester. Mm. Right. Because they lost two singers to Mm. very similar in in similar ways, possibly. Yes. Right. And that album was written by the band. I think because they had Jeff for quite a while before we knew, didn't they, Lou? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they worked. They worked on that album. So Jeff, 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 go for those that don't know. He came from what was his band? Like Dry Cell or something? I think they were called the X Factor. And he was an X Factor guy. So, you know, there's some red flags, isn't it? Though, you know, because immediately the X Factor guy is going to be able to sing. There's no question over that because that's the X Factor. You've got to be able to sing. He can sing. There's no question over that. But then you question the artistry behind it. You think like, you know, and I don't think he had that. I think he was the wrong choice. I I don't know who, I don't know the problem. And the reason I don't think that he he should have been any choice is because I can't think of the next person who would have been able to do anything near what they needed to get done. Not match him, but what they needed. They should have done another, they should have done another Army of Anyone album with Richard Patrick from Filter is what they should have done. Yeah, because that's the greatest Stone Temple Pilots album that was never made. It's not it's yeah, the yeah. Army of Anyone album because it is immense and it's absolutely fantastic. And it's the Dilio, well, it's just the Dilio brothers. It's a different drummer. It's Corn's drummer, isn't it, Luke? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's Corn's See, my, drummer. My cho- my choice would have been a uh, Mina Caputo personally. I yeah. thought that would have been uh, she sh- sounds like Scott. So I was like, <laughs> that's one of the things, one of the reasons why yeah. I love Michael Wagner so much. So mm. I thought that would have been a nice angle, I think. And she, you know, she, uh, she's got the power and the grit, and like you believe everything she says. So she was my instant. So I was a bit upset when Jeff got it, but then I enjoyed that out, al- you know, the, the self-titled album. But he, yeah. I was fuming when I found out it was him because I was like, really, really. It just seems like, the wrong choice. There's good, there's good it, songs on that album though. There is, there but, is, there is. There is but... Perdida, Perdida, is the album when I thought. There's no hooks on it. There's there, no. there's no spark. I, there's, it can it can be done. It can be done when you move on from another singer, especially yeah. when it's a difficult situation. Think about Alison Chains. We're talking about the the Seattle movements and the grunge era. You think about uh, Black Gives Way to Blue, which is a beautiful yeah. way to transition. Seminal. It's it's, it's to transition is... from from what I called that. I I when I used to review albums, I called that a beautiful funeral pyre of an album, and it's the only thing I've ever said. I think that was half decent. Because it can be done, you can transition into a into a yeah a, into another form of that band, well, and can do it with some decorum and some. Yeah, I think they've know, le- I think they've wet farted a little bit after that, but no, yeah. that was <clears throat> that was an amazing it, it transition. Can be, it, it can be done, but it's it, like like you say, there's no hooks. It's devoid of 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 passion. 
And that's, you know the, that's a true crime. Do you know what? It's devoid of. It's devoid of Scott's voice. Definitely, so, definitely. So, so it, it and that's, that's, that's what... I didn't feel that way with the first album with Jeff on. I was like, oh, he's done a good job. I, I, he sang well. He's done nice melodies. Is that because it's not his melodies? Is it because it's the DeLeo's melodies? Mm. Which could definitely be a thing. Because, you know, like... Mm. And maybe lyrics as well, because Eric Kretz, the drummer, wrote the lyrics for Plush. Mm. You know, he did, yeah. You know, so they 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 are a band like Queen, who they they've all you know contributed in many ways. Mm. But that Padida, I, I just like, do you know what? This would have probably been really good, right? Really good if Scott had sang on it. Mm. Yeah, and he's not. Yeah. And it's not gonna it's, it's yeah. a bit. It's a bit shit. Wait, as a sidebar, <laughs> as a, I said that as, as a sidebar, as a sidebar, where did where did he go now? Before we go to to, to give Lewis, uh, you know, his, his, his maybe thoughts on it. Where where do, where do we go if we were to Stone Temple Pilots now? What do you want to see, Lewis? Is it you know, as a kind of, uh, uh, you know, a, 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 the next move? What do you want to see as a fan? Uh, I I just think he, he needs. I think they should have moved away from. They've got to have someone with a similar sort of tone to keep it as the standable pilots. But I just think they need to not give Jeff as free reign as they definitely did on that album, because <laughs> the the fair, we thought they were onto good things. Didn't we? We even cover um, what would, would you roll me under? Roll me under. Cover? Right. That's yeah. an absolute. That's that. That's a tune and a half. That we were hoping for things like that. So if the next album would have been something like that, or even better. <laughs> You know, that's why I was, you know, hoping it's a transition, you know, you know, change. It's all, it's all good. But then they came out with that and it kind of put doubt in a fan's mind, I think. Super I think rushed. Made fans doubt. That, yeah. One of my things, super rushed. I just, it yeah. feels super rushed to me. It's like, what, you didn't need to? It was like, no. what, I mean, that, that was, that was, what, the, what was the, yeah, what was the rush? There was, there was, there was no obligation to release anything. There was no, you know, no one's sitting there going, what are the Stemple Stemple Pilots doing? No one's asking that question. Mm-hmm. They had all the time in the world to, to deliver what they wanted to do. Yeah. There's an argument for a lot of things here. There's an argument for them to do yeah. instrumental stuff. There's an argument for mm-hmm. that and bring in other vocalists. There's an argument, yeah, they've done instrumentals. Yeah. They're, they're, their back catalogs littered with instrumentals and, and, and nice yeah. and interesting stuff, you know. And I wonder, I wonder if there's anything in the vaults as well about about with, with Scott. I imagine that's been plundered, but I wonder if there is stuff in the vaults, and we get like some kind of Morrison's Hotel type of thing where they release stuff of him singing with music playing. I think I don't know. I don't know. It's an interesting. It depends whether his. I think that all depends whether his estate would let that happen. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe so. Because I think that's so. it, you know it's owned by Atlantic. They're not on Atlantic anymore. They're on Rhino. Right. Okay. Yeah. So because they. They have been releasing stuff though, haven't they? With Core, for example, when they did the 25th anniversary, and they did it with them um, Purple. So the next yeah. one yeah. is Tiny Music, isn't it? So, um, are they going to do something with that, maybe? Or yeah, we live we live in a time now where the anniversary of an album, its fifth, tenth, twentieth, whatever, mm. gets celebrated by a deluxe edition and and what have you. And it also sometimes mm. gives birth to tribute concerts and tribute tours and things yeah. like that. Um, yeah, I think what with what would Chester be in a part of their history? I think there's something you probably could do that be, could, could be quite beautiful for that. Like, I think if they, mm. if they set their mind to it, like, you know, I think it could be, could be great, you know. Uh, I think a tribute I'd, I'd, show with lots yeah, of different some, singers. Yeah, like, they've done for Lane Staley. Yeah, the Alison yeah. Chains one, like the Lane Staley tribute was phenomenal. 
it's yeah. like ah oh, that that's that's an amazing <laughs> show that and yeah you know that that was the way it should be like they should do that for chris cornell yeah yeah definitely you know definitely. Like, we have lost some of the greatest rock singers ever over the last few years and it's well yeah you know last 10 years say it's not cool yeah, yeah. it's not cool well it's <laughs> it, it, it's 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 not like and you know, I didn't want to really end this on 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 suicide and over, overdose and that, so I'm not going to. Uh, no. I'll be so, back in I a mean, sec. Lou, when, Lou, when you when you when you sing these this stuff and you do this live with the Stone Temple Pirates, yeah, do you? Yeah, you've got to play with the hits, right? You've got to play the hits mm-hmm. that people want to hear. Do you try and sneak in your gems then that you like? Just uh, kind of like we, we do. backdoor a couple of cheeky ones that people are like, what the fuck is that from? And they have to look through the discography to find it. We, we do actually, yeah. Um, we, we, obviously, some of our favorites, though, are the, are the ones like, you know, one of my favorites to play live is Wicked Garden. I um, love that but, song. I fucking love yeah. that song. That's one of my yeah. favorite Tones of Violet songs. So happy. Um, but one of the ones that we, we before obviously lockdown happened, and this one of the, we were starting to throw in stuff from number four. Um, right. So we threw in Glide. Um, that, okay. That yeah, went yeah. Down. That went down amazingly because because of the vocals on it. it like it's quite a decent. Like it took me a little bit to get my head around it, but it's it's a great song to sing. I really enjoy singing it. And um, when we were doing that live, people because it was something that they, you know they know, but they weren't super familiar with. I think they were actually you know happy with the change in pace. To be honest. You know, yeah, something that's yeah. not, you know, like, like it's they obviously we play all the hits, but we'd throw in stuff like that. And we tried to play a few um different ones as well. Like we played the new one that rolled me under. Um and we and we watched uh piece of pie, we added that to the set as well. Oh, yeah, and, yeah, oh, yeah. Sin. one of our sin. Sin. Oh. You can't yeah. you, you almost can't win though when you're covering an artist because you've got to like, mm. yes, I'm gonna play all the classics and the stuff you want to hear, mm. you know. Uh but also there'll be someone standing at the back who's come to see the Stone Temple Pirates and they're like, Yeah, they're just playing all the fucking hits. Where's the deep yeah. cuts? And it's fortunately exactly. it seems like now bands are now servicing that. They're going, Okay, we're gonna let you pick and and they like pulling out the deep cuts. Metallica do yeah. quite a lot now where they go, Oh, we haven't played this song in twenty years. Here's Leopard Messiah or something, you know, and yeah. I like that when bands dig it means it now you because we're losing the ability to go back uh, and listen to an album in full now, people only listen to certain songs from it. Like yeah. if you put if you put uh, Stone Temple Pirates on Spotify, it'll give you the, the top five songs spread across every album. It, they were meant to be listened to in a c- contained example on an album. Yeah. But these deep cuts now will get lost otherwise yeah. because people just go yeah. to the hits straight away. It's like, no, 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 Sour Girl's a great song, you know, but it's yeah, buried. It's it's buried yeah. in, in between there, like you know. Um, there's so very, much, there's, in a, it's insane their back catalogue. Oh, it, it's the variety is is what's yeah. insane for me. Yeah, because you can go of, from of all from those artists, yeah, two notes. That was me playing, by the way. Um, like you go from that simple. <laughs> It's ridiculous. That, that that that's just the verse, isn't it? It's a Vaseline. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so that in the same album. Yeah. What's that about? <laughs> what? Yeah. You know, where 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 did that come from? And that was the. Mm. Uh, they're truly an art. They're an art rock band, who mm-hmm. have changed and metamorphosed constantly because there's arguably there's metal in there. 
Very much so, yeah, yeah. Especially in core. Mm. But like when yeah. he gets a down, <laughs> like how heavy yeah. he's down when we play at Lou. I mean, that's yeah, like, you know, I throw distortion on the bass when we do that. It's like go, go, go. It's it's just like makes people like go, Oh, what the hell has happened in here? You know, <laughs> and that's when when uh, the Voodoo Lounge was open in Manchester. Rest in peace, yeah. Voodoo Lounge. Lounge. God bless you. Uh, what a what a venue. What a what a what a night. Um, when we played down to a packed out, sold out crowd, wasn't it, Luke? Yeah. A lot of the time, when we did the grunge revival nights there, we played down. Everyone lost their SH1T, and it went mad, and there were pits, and it was, yeah, it was getting rough down there. <laughs> you know, to the Stone Temple Pilots, it's like, oh. You know, are they a dancing band? Well, when we did that, and then we did sex type as, Yeah, as as the, the the pilots and you you like you know being a fan, Lewis, as it kind of like sneaked its way into attic theory as well. As it kind of like, uh, have you gone okay? Well, I'll, I'll I'll pull a little couple of colours in there. I'll just no one might notice, but I'll just hide that in that verse and that one's just underneath that chorus. Just yeah. you know, it's, there's a lot of that goes on. I think I think for me, it's it's. Because I, I have the, the sort of similar tone to his to his nineties uh, voice, it's kind of it's kind of easy for that to happen because I kind of, you know that's why the tribute works so much because I, I sound like Purple Scott when I sing anyway. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's it's for me yeah. it's the it was it, it has slipped in, but it's the it's the simplicity of the songs more and how they write rather than you know how they sound because right. the, you know as we've discussed before, Core's a beautiful album. I'm sorry, Purple's a beautiful album, and it, and and it, um, you know, they've all got singles, you know, like the Interstate Love songs. I feel like the songwriting has has progressed because you know Tim and myself, as you know, we're here today, and like are influenced by them massively. Um, but yeah, I, I yeah. do feel sometimes I have Scott isms, but Tim always thinks I sound like about three different singers, isn't it? To- oh, well, you should do that. probably no, probably the three singers you like, you know? Yeah. Um, it's weird though because it's inflections. In your voice, yeah. you don't sound like you don't sound like no, a singer. No. You can make yourself sound like Scott. Mm. That's your yeah, yeah. that's your power. You can sound like Scott, and I think you know, um, like everyone who went to see us, as because we haven't done the, the Stone Temple Pirates for, for ages because of what's gone on, and we've been too busy with Attic Theory, so that comes first, obviously, and we sometimes get to make a little bit little bit of pocket money playing songs that we like um yeah. but like when lou does his thing on stage you've got the peacock behavior of scott on stage i'm glad you, you said that because because <laughs> at that at that television show um when you came on stage i was like there he is <laughs> i was like there, <laughs> there, 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 there's the scott i could see that <laughs> worn on the sleeve i was like there Way more than the vocals, I was like, the, the, just some of the moves. I was like, I, I can see that where he's got that from, and that, and that's not a derogatory thing. That's a like no. when when I play, I steal from all my heroes, and then I and yeah. myself comes out, and that's how it should be. You know, that's exactly how it should be. You're telling me that Scott yeah. didn't look at Jagger and 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 take some of his moves, and Bowie and take some of his moves. Yeah. Fucking course he did. And but Jim it's just Morrison, wonderful to see. Yeah, you. Know, and to see them play out, the minute UK stepped out, I was like, "There he is." <laughs> 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 I 
And then motherfucker brings out a microphone, a fucking uh, uh, thingy phone. And I was like, oh, mm. shit, son. Uh, nails it yeah. on the mask there. But, it, but, but what, what it became... You don't sound like Scott. Off points. Yeah, it doesn't, doesn't, doesn't sound like Scott when you do that. Oh, because there's elements and, and, of Chris Cornell and... So they, mm-hmm. they become jumping off points. People shouldn't be afraid of showing their influences as long as they exactly. move up and forward from them. There's nothing wrong mm. with that. You should be able to go, okay, this is what I, what I like. And then I'm gonna, my spin on it means it's now me and it's now becoming mm. me. And that's how it should be. You know, should, mm-hmm. These aren't derogatory things. These are incredibly powerful things incredible, and things that should be harnessed. Like, And I think you do. I think anybody that's seen... Attic theory now, which will hopefully be in the near, in the very near future, as soon as we can, and um, you know we'll see a lot of stuff what we're talking about played out, but then a whole yeah. other shade brought in, which is yourselves, guys. You know, well, funnily sure enough, actually, secrets. you can see us because there you go. There's this quite magical thing that we found out called YouTube, isn't the loop? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and um, <laughs> if you type in attic theory and banned, that's all you get. I do believe. Even is that theory, that, yeah, theory, because yeah, uh, it's a unique, it's theory. a unique name, so you're going to get that. As always, yeah. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, um, Tim as fabulous he is is wrong. Yes, you can see them on YouTube and they are on all these streaming services, but believe me when I say this, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> that is a tiny thimbleful of what the experience of Attic Theory is than seeing yeah. them live. When you launched into that first song with that sound check, I was like, holy shit, that's a fucking sound right there. Uh, <laughs> I, I can only hope that we get back to a stage where we can do what the realistically the, the end result is of most recorded material is to play that live. How yeah. far away, guys, do you think we are? Realistically, how far do you think we are? Is July. it going to be this year? You reckon? July, August sounds about right. Yeah, I yeah. think so too. How- I think that's when it'll start coming in. Yeah. How does it? How does it work for you guys in terms of booking? Then, if you got stuff that you have to kind of leave simmering. And go okay. Well, you know, if, if it all comes to fruition, we'll do that because it's, it's festival season essentially, then, isn't it? And you're mm. going to be knee deep in that, um, especially in Europe. So, <sighs> you know, is, is there some stuff kind of bubbling away? Then that's the only thing you can do, isn't it? Just really kind of throw some things out there and, and hope that the dates come into alignment, if you will. Well, we're down for Planet Rockstock in December, so that's one of mm-hmm. the ones that's 100 percent confirmed. But yeah. one of the things for us is we, we, we don't want to be one of these bands that keeps cancelling and postponing. We'd rather jump Tough on enough. board something when, you know, when it's when it, the time's right rather than, yeah. oh, we're going to play here and then cancel. Then we're going to play here and cancel. So we're yeah. all about, um, you know, biding our time, yeah. basically. Um, if yeah. it's, you know, um, if the festival slot wants us, you know, or anything like that, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll happily yeah. play. But it's, again, it might not go ahead. Mm. That's the problem. We don't want it, to let it, our fans down. It's hard enough to get people to a live show, full stop, exactly. anybody's live show. <laughs> yeah. If you cancel, you kind of almost leave a bit of taste in the mouth. They're like, oh, fuck that. Yeah. Then you, you, you had me interested at once, once bit and twice yeah. shy. Now I'm not going to come. You're right. Like, and that's what's going to be the, when we return to live music, and it will happen when we return to that. That's the biggest thing we're going to have to overcome where people go, well, is the show going on? Is, is it not going on or what? And that yeah. kind of ambiguity, like, we'll get past that. We will get past that. I think. And, um... Uh, there's like a, an element of when we're allowed to again, there might be an element of like a watership down kind of thing of the terrible things happened. People are still hiding in their burrows, you know, yeah. but when they pop their heads out and actually see, hold on, there's, there's, there's stuff happening. There's the shows 
there are shows happening. No, they're really happening. And yeah. then you may see uh, what I'd love is an avalanche of people going, we need to see live music now. Mm-hmm. It has to, because people, you, we, we all know, it's not just musicians missing this. Because we, I need to play. <laughs> it's like, I need to play. I know Lou needs to, needs to play. All of us, we're, we're performers. We're all peacocks in our way. We all want to show off. You know, yeah. none of us are scared to go on stage. We don't get stage fright. We get like stage, stage lust, like wanderlust. When people want to travel, we get stage lust. We just want to be on, on the stage. It's, it's our home. Um, it's where we all come together and it clicks. And we're like a team and you better watch out because <laughs> we're going to get you. <laughs> um, I, I, I totally agree. Totally. It's, no. To someone who isn't a musician uh, or plays in a band, the only way I can explain is, you know, when you watch something really good, or watch a really good film or get, get told a really funny joke and you need to tell that other person or one of your friends you need to tell them that joke or you need to say, watch this film or watch this TV show. And you can't wait to get to work or whatever you are the next day. Say, oh, well, you, watch this. With a, a, being in a band, when you in a room and you create something amazing, the first thought I guarantee is, what's this going to sound like live? I can't wait to play this in front of an audience. The very definition yeah. of being in love is when you something amazing happens in front of you and you turn to the person next to you because you want to see their reaction and you want to share that moment with you. Mm. Most musicians, if not all musicians, are in love with the audience because they give them that moment where they go, look at this beautiful thing I've created. Let's share it and enjoy it. And it becomes mm-hmm. like a fire. It's a fire that needs to be expressed. It, it really mm. is. Um, it's an incredibly powerful thing. And what Tim's yeah. alluding to there is that that's a musician's point of view. In order to get those musicians to where they want to go, there's a whole rack of people, crew and promoters and people who own venues mm. who are also, yeah. that's their, their job now as well to, to do that. And they're all affected as well. The average show yeah. is, is multiple people to make happen. And that's why, you know, mm-hmm. it's no surprise that, you, you know, it, it's incredibly important to make sure these venues survive. Venue, venues yeah. sort of thrive. And my hope is, is the same as Tim's, that when we do come out of this, people go, I'm never going to take it for granted again. I'm never going to take it for granted to be able to go, you know, on a Friday night, I'm seeing a band. Yeah. It's as simple as that. That's part of what I do on a yeah. Friday night, a Saturday night. I go to see a band. Without that, there is a piece of me missing. Yeah. Definitely. It's a Definitely. Bill Hicks. Right, Bill Hicks. Right. Yes. Okay. He said, he did quite a, he, talk, he talked about AIDS quite a lot. Right. So stay with me here because I'm I'm going somewhere. <laughs> okay. Right. He said the minute they find a cure to AIDS, they'll be fudging on the streets. Everyone. <laughs> yeah. No, it's over. Yeah. it's over. It's over. It's done. Hey, let's go. Let's go. Yeah. 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 Right. And the minute we can get a handle on this, which scientists are, and like I come up from a science background before music. Um, uh, I don't believe the cosmic scousers <laughs> um, that it's all going to hopefully work out in the way that when people are finally allowed to go to shows, they're going to go. And I, I do think it'll be a, a snowball effect. It'll be a few of the first, 
But once people realize, oh, it is safe, we can do it, then more and more and more people are going to kind of try and make up for lost time. Mm. Yeah, I, I couldn't been stranded. agree more. I, I, yeah, do, just devoid of music, like a, like a man walking through the desert, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and hopefully, like you say, it's an avalanche. First song, Attic Theory play, first show the back in front of a proper crowd. What's the first song? <laughs> House lights go down. Music on. First song. Oh. First last song. What's a first song? It's going to mean everything. People haven't heard live music. House lights go down. Everybody rushes through to the front of the stage. Fucking intro tape finishes. You come on, Lou. Let's go. What's the song? Uh, I think it'll be one of our new ones. To be honest, um, I think. Well, I think we'd like. I'd like to start open with something that people haven't heard. You know, so it's like something new, <laughs> fresh. Um, well, you're you, you're th- you're essentially throwing out a cup of water to people who've been in the desert for fucking yeah, twenty years, yeah. so it's going to get fucking devoured. You might as well do it. Yes, one. either that or um, one of our songs, um, "Saints Amongst Us." Uh, we don't really normally start with that, but I think that's the sort of song that we should start with. It's got a nice chant. It's got a nice, you know, what everybody's been craving. I think you know, I'd we'd start with maybe it's brave, but we'd, I'd like to start with a chant as well. You know, just kind yes. of get everyone back into the you know, craving what they've been missing, you know, and you realise we're all together again sort of thing. I think, what about you, Tim? Um, mm. I I would like to come in with Saints Amongst Us. Mm. I would like to start with that. Um, and I'd like to keep that going for quite a while. And if anyone who's seen yeah. us live, they'll know what we do at the start of Saints. It's a very audience participation song. It's our We Will Rock You with, our, with, with, with instruments and a band rather than just drums and vocals. Mm. I um, think that's it. The, the sentiment to that is 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 probably perfect yeah. as well. The, the uh, sentiment so to that is is perfect. I'd, uh, there was a one point where where when John Denver passed away, and we played that that was it the day after Lou or the like the week after or, um, John Denver passed away and we played uh, no it was not John Denver um, Tom Petty Tom Petty sorry Tom Petty yeah. is John Tom Denver Petty still alive him? John Denver I don't know. Oh, God, is he in I league with the devil? Yeah, something about that. When Tom, <laughs> when Tom, Pat, when Tom Petty passed away. Petty sorry. passed away. Right. And uh, it was literally two or three days later, and we just threw together Free Falling to play at a show in the Academy in Liverpool. And Lou kept the audience singing for about four or five minutes of just Lou. And the <laughs> it was audience. quite a long time. It was ages <laughs> And it was wonderful. And that's what we could make that happen with our song, mm. with everyone singing. And then we will kick the living daylights out of you with the riff that follows it. And yeah. you're going to feel it in your gut. You're going to feel it in your head. And um, <laughs> you're going to be sorry and also very thankful that you come to see us. <laughs> <laughs> so we are expecting yeah, a beating you can be thankful for. Outstanding. Outstanding, mm-hmm. ladies and gentlemen. We've got, I, don't, yeah. I think we're up to maybe an hour and a half, which is about yeah, so for, for, for <laughs> me and Tim in conversations. So, listen, I we, we will be there, at, it will happen at some point, uh, ladies and gentlemen. First of all, Lewis from Attic Theory and the Stone Temple Pirates. What a, what a pleasure it was talking to you, sir. Thank you very much for coming on. Thank the you show. very much for having me. Thank you. Thank and you. Finally, co- finally, coming home. And given those words of wisdom and the, the dulcet tones that we enjoy so much, it's uh, it's Tim Cunningham, the legend <laughs> that is, the former host of the uh, Spoken Metal Show. Tim Cunningham, it's as always, mate. It's 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 super nice to talk. Yeah. So I'm just glad you didn't pick Alice in Chains. 
<laughs> there's too much violence. We've only got like an hour and a half. We ordered about six hours. It yeah. can't happen. Maybe maybe another day. Thanks for coming on the show, guys. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to have to get them on again. It's, it's going to have to go on again for sure. Like, yeah, But it's really, I've, I've really enjoyed this. Thanks for being part of one of the Hunter's show episodes. Cheers, Tim. Cheers, Lou. Thank, Thank you very much. Lewis Wright and Tim Cunningham there from Attic Theory. And obviously Tim was a co-host with me on the Spoken Metal Show with the first few that we did. So it was nice to kind of bring that all home a little bit for the for the 100th episode, which this forms the part of. And I hope you enjoyed that. It's just an interesting little stroll that I don't think I'll do. Fucking Mary Kill only works if you have another host, really. I don't think. I suppose we could get guest hosts on there or stuff like that. But that's probably something we could maybe look into and maybe do. That could be fun. Um, but it was fun to just do that as a one-off and uh, a little bit of fun as part of, like I say, the 100th episode uh, celebrations. Once again, very, very grateful that we, we've got this far, uh, ladies and gentlemen. And it was nice to share the, some of these episodes with friends as well. Some of the interviews have been with friends. Well, all of them have been with friends. All of them have been with the, the metal community. So they've been great to do as part of this as well. And this will form one of many shows that I hope you'll... I'll try and make them different. Some will be interviews, some will be things, some will be new stuff that I'm trying to work out as well. But I really hope you enjoy it. I'll put links on for, for Attic Theory and the Temple Pirates and things like that on the uh, the the podcast sort of comments and, and what have you. But what did we get it right? Did we get it wrong with the Stone Temple Pirates, by the way? You know, do we, uh, did we get the, the albums that are great right and the ones that are not great wrong? Or did we? What do you think? As always, this show is born from people's comments and suggestions and things that we think we did or we should maybe consider and maybe look at as well. And that's what this has always been about. And that fuck, marry, kill thing was a was kind of something that we did to to look at a person's body of work and, and see what we liked and what we, what we didn't like. Um, I enjoyed that a, a lot. Hope you did too. Um, it's nice to be doing this as part of the 100th show, as I say, and there'll be a few more episodes surrounding this. Maybe we'll bring it back. Maybe we will. Uh, I don't know. We'll see how it goes on. But as always, I didn't want to start off on too a lower note like I did at the beginning of this episode. So to try and keep a high again and, and always end positively, um, I will see you at a show. Bye.